This is Southeast Asia Crossroads, an educational podcast from the Center for Southeast Asian Studies at Northern Illinois University. From music to maps, money and modernity, this is where ideas come to life. Welcome to another episode of Southeast Asia Crossroads podcast. My name is Kanchana Teporirak, and I am an associate professor of Thai language here at Northern Illinois. I'm so happy today to host our visiting scholar, insert applause sound. <laughs> Woohoo! That's right. Miss um, Chomket Ngam Kaiwan. She is a PhD candidate from the Department of Criminology from Mahidon University in Thailand. And her research examines the ongoing PM 2.5 crisis in Bangkok. And if you don't know what PM 2.5 crisis is, you will learn that very quickly, very soon. And so you want to say hello, Kate? Uh, hi, everyone. Thanks for having me today. And yeah, for the term to, uh, PM uh, 2.5, PM is short for particulate matters, uh, which are the, uh, a type of air pollutants in uh, like according to the WHO and yeah 2.5 refers to the size of the particles exactly yeah and you know for for us here in rural Illinois we don't have all of the terminology for air pollution because it's not quite a problem here but because of the situation in Bangkok Thailand for those of you who have visited Southeast Asia many of the city centers are very polluted and for various reasons. So we're going to talk about that. She just gave a talk um, here for our Friday lecture series titled Crime is in the Air, PM 2.5, Air Pollution and Policy Corruption. So lots of things to talk about. I have lots of notes and questions. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm very excited about this. So we'll, we will talk about it. So before we get right into your research, can you tell us a little bit how you became interested in this field? Uh, so basically, uh, when I was an undergrad, I studied social sciences, uh, and my major at the time is international relations. And at that time, tourism, uh, like the Southern insurgency uh, in, in, in the South Thailand is like a, one of the high problematic uh, issue. Uh, so I was interested in that kind of problems, like the the, the, the threats to national security. And uh, then I learned that uh, national uh, the threats to national security also involve crimes. That's why uh, for my master's degree, I uh, study criminology. And start from that, uh, I've become a PhD candidate in criminology. And what I thought was really interesting with your uh, analysis of pollution is to use the lens of criminology, right? So for many of our listeners out there, you're probably thinking to yourself, crime and air pollution, what does that have anything to do with each other? Can you explain why this particular framework is particularly useful for you? Uh, so uh, so we need to define uh, the word pollution first. So how pollution is a crime? Uh, Basically, any human activities, 
so it must be like a the hum, like activities done by human beings uh, that damage the environment and also like uh, other species including like a uh, human beings this is already considered as a crime and it's the environmental crime so pollution is a type of environmental crime because it's caused by human activities and it's damaged the environment so yeah that's very simple <laughs> So since I'm in the humanities, I don't do a lot of science. Actually, I don't do any science at all outside of phonetics, right? But I do watch a lot of police shows. So as I was listening to your talk, I kept thinking, okay, if this were a police show, who would be the bad guy, ah. right? And how do we catch him or her? So the bad guys, most of the time, uh, uh, the offenders of air pollution are state elites and mainly cor uh, corporations. So in the shows, you could portray like a, a an owner of uh, a, a company in and a polluting industry, for example, energy sector, uh, or uh, the factory owner that use lots of fossil fuels, uh, who try to like uh, ask the state officers to hey, could you consume whatever I've done to the environment? That, that would be it. So that would be our bad guy. Yeah. Okay, so who would, they, who would be the police in that show? So basically, in every country, we have the department under the, uh, the police that uh, specialize in environmental crime. But yeah, of course, most of the time, uh, bureaucratic uh, system could impede uh, the, the good guys to uh, catch the bad guys. And yeah, so we have the, so many supporting roles in the movies, right? So the good guys may have to join forces of local communities or environmental activists to um, try to like uh, sh uh, show, I call it the evidence that the bad guys did bad things right. to the environment. There has to be an investigation, yeah. right? That that scene where they go to the crime scene and yeah. they find evidence. Yeah, because basically they would deny that they did it. Of course. <laughs> no bad guys ever said, it's me, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Right? So another thing that was really interesting was the idea of environmental crime, right? So we have understandings, I think, basic of, of basic criminal activities, things like murder, theft, yeah. you know, uh, embezzlement, right? And then you have kind of higher level types of crime, maybe war crime, crime yeah. against humanity. So what is environmental crime? Uh, environmental crime is harder to notice, right? Because most of the times the impacts are indirect, but mm. it can kill humans because it can uh, harm our health. So, um, like, annually, uh, there are about 6.7 million uh, premature deaths uh, oh, wow. caused by uh, air pollution. And So wh yeah. where can we find these statistics? So you presented a lot of interesting statistics on your talk. Uh, so, for example, the, the 3.7 million people who prematurely die from environmental uh, factors, right? Yeah. Pollution, is it specifically pollution or other environmental uh, factors? So for the statistics that I shown in uh, my presentation, uh, there's a focus on uh, air pollution, but other kinds of pollution can uh, cause fatalities as well. But uh, 
you can check the statistics from like the WHO's report and like uh, other organizations. Uh, Greenpeace is also another organization that conducted a lot of research uh, on environmental issues. Mm. Yeah. And and just like murder, right? Ah. There's there's first degree murder, second degree murder. Yes. And you said in your presentation that there's a primary green crime yeah. and a secondary green crime. And so are they different in degree of severities? Just like if you were to think about it in like first degree murder, second degree murder. Not not really. It's like uh, the primary green crime is like a the, the direct polluting activity. So mm. it's obvious. Like uh, once you produce the air pollution, that that means you're the air polluter. Like you burn like something and put yeah. smoke in the air. But for the secondary green crime, people wouldn't admit that they do that. And there are so many ways to bend to bend mm. the ways uh, because um, any activities that indirectly encourage polluting activities are secondary green crime. Can you give us some examples? Yeah. For example, uh, if you like uh, violate some some laws, uh, like uh, some uh, environmental laws, uh, for example, uh, Oh, that would be the primary green crime. I'm so sorry, uh, but if you, for example, if you conceal that you have uh, operated some polluting activities, now that's a secondary green crime. Ah, yeah. I see. And also, uh, if you neglect the laws, so mm. the, so it's different. If you violate the law, uh, like uh, basically most of the time. Like a put like a burn the things mm -hmm. uh, right away. That would be a primary green crime, right? But if you neglect, uh, like a, for example, you neglect the fact that there's uh, there's some standards that you have to follow, then that's a secondary green crime. Ah, uh, okay. So, but sometimes primary green crimes are not criminal, right? In the countries that they ha that happen. Yeah, so it depends on uh, the countries as well. Like, depends on the locations, whether the laws exit or not. Um, because environmental crime is a new concept. Environmental movements just started in, like, a, like a, the earliest, like, in the 19th century, but it's become popular in the 20th century, right? So it's not so long ago. So uh, the laws are newly born. Mm. They're still immature. And not so many countries, basically, like the less de developed countries, wouldn't have uh, the laws that cover environmental crime. Mm, okay, so what are some examples of countries that have laws that prosecute environmental crimes right now? Uh, for example, the U.S., they have like a, the Clean Air Act ah, uh, okay. ever since like the 1970s. Right. But such law doesn't exist in Thailand, and we're like uh, having a movement trying to like uh, get the law as well. I mean, like get the Clean Air Act. Mm, and and who are some of the players that are are proponents of of a similar law to Clean Clean Air Act in Thailand? Uh, there's like a so the fourth bill of uh, the Clean Air Act is actually drafted by uh, the Thailand Clean Air Network. Ah, okay. Uh, so this is like a the the gathering of academics, environmental scientists, uh, NGOs, and like um, so many professors 
yeah, who who draft this bill together. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, I didn't even know that was happening. That's yeah. really good news. Yeah. Are they making progress, or is it just trying uh, right now? Like I s- mentioned in my presentation today, is unlikely to pass because uh, the uh, because of the the political polarization in Thailand. Uh, just like the U.S., you have the Republicans and the Democrats, right? Mm-hmm. And whenever uh, each uh, like a uh, which side uh, rise in power, the policies that uh, interest uh, the side would become the policy right yeah but and then if a policy is uh, raised by your opposition this policy wouldn't like uh, get passed as easily yeah is there any hope for a bipartisan I know we can't say bipartisan multi-party uh, concordance accordance in in terms of pollution elimination or reduction is there any sign of that happening in the in the parliament yeah so this is a problem of democratic system yeah like uh you have to get into the parliament in order to be able to vote for a, right. a law first or things a first you have to be there yeah. to vote yeah so it's very and in order to uh, get your representatives uh, to the parliament is not easy in Thailand because like uh, according to the latest constitution uh, in 2017 uh, um, like out of 750 uh, parliament members uh, one third are already appointed uh, by the, the Chanta uh, like the NCPOs ever since like a uh, 2017 and even after the election in like uh, 2019 um the election quote yeah. unquote we'll put that word election in quotes for <laughs> okay. 2019 yeah um so they they got the majority vote so easily because they already got the perfect score from the senate yeah right. well, like one third already Right. So for those who are unfamiliar with the Thai parliamentary system, um, we have a multi-party parliamentary system in that it's a little bit of a mix between the French and the British system. And so we have the upper house and we have the lower house. The upper house is the 250 member that she mentioned that are appointed. And then the lower house are elected and how they get elected is it's a whole different podcast episode <laughs> so we're not talking <laughs> about that long conversation yeah we're not talking about that today um but to know that 250 votes are more or less guaranteed yeah. right for the um power party and uh, right now those members were appointed by the military military regime that came into power in 2014, the NCPO, the National Council for Peace um, and, order. and Order, which is such a deliciously Orwellian name, <laughs> uh, I can't even think of something better. They just they did it. You know, it's 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 like a cartoon villain name <laughs> to have <laughs> NCPO, but they are still in power um, despite the 2019 election, election um, results. And so let's back up a little bit. So now we know who the bad guy is, right? We know what crime has been committed. We kind of know who can serve as the police and how they would go about uh, writing this crime. So let's back all the way up and talk about how 
PM 2.5 is even in the air. Uh. Right? And you showed this great picture that if people didn't have contacts, they'll think it's from the COVID masking mandate. And in fact, masking mandate in Thailand for COVID didn't really need to be done, <laughs> right? Because we were already all wearing masks. Only in Bangkok. In Bangkok. Okay, sorry. I'm in Bangkok. <laughs> so I'm in Bangkok. So everybody's already wearing masks. Uh, schools were being shut down yeah. because it was unsafe for young people and the elderly to go outside yes. because of the air condition. So how, how did it get this bad? Why did it get this bad? And what's, what is in the air? Okay, so evidently, uh, like I said, PM 2.5 is the primary green crime uh, because it's caused by human activities. And uh, the major sources of PM 2.5 in Bangkok are uh, way cooler exhaust, like traffic, and also uh, biomass burning, and power plants, and industrial factories. So as you can see, uh, at least the second uh, and the third are uh, obviously related to companies, right? But for the first one, it's also related to like a petrochemical industry. So you can see that there's uh, like uh, some conflicts of interest between uh, these industries and like um, the the government who allow like uh, polluting activities to go on so conveniently, and because without proper control, the air quality cannot be like a like a it becomes uh, exceeding the standards. And what are eventually? And and what are the standards and who makes these standards? Um, so um, there's like a the international standard and the national standard. For the national standards, uh, it was proposed so many years ago, like like, like a decades, like a, some decades ago. So it's very outdated, and according to the WHO, uh, it should be less. Like a Thai Thai air quality standards should be like a lower by double in order to have like to to reach the safe point for human health. Oh wow! Okay, so we have kind of two layer problems here, right? Yeah. One, we don't have the policies in Thailand yeah. to enforce good air quality, and the standards that we do have are outdated yeah. um, and not safe for humans. Uh, Basically, uh, there are some regulations, but uh, they are not uh, effectively enforced. Mm. And that's, again, that's how corruption comes in, because the uh, law enforcement officers could not do their job. Mm. Right, and that was a big part, too, right? That yeah. part of your title was corruption yeah. is in the air, right? yeah. uh, or crime is in the air, rather, and you mentioned how the role that corruption has in air pollution. Generally, we think about pollution. We don't always go straight to corruption. Yeah. But Thailand, we um, are high-ranking yeah. in terms of how corrupt our policies are. Yes. Um, and th this is uh, external review international standards. So out of 180 nations reviewed um, and examined, we are number 110. Yeah, and I think we went 
This is better, right? This no. is better better than last time. I mean, this uh, is a yearly thing that they do. I feel like we got a better we grade. We dropped out by two. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I went backwards. I thought <laughs> we got better by two, but no, no we got worse by two. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other score you had shown a 35 uh, out of 100? What was that score? It's like a we, we got like a 35% effectiveness out of like a 100%. Yeah, in terms of uh, corruption, uh, uh, gener- like perceived by the general public. Mm, okay. So that's, I mean, I'm a teacher. 35 out of 100, if that were a quiz. <laughs> you fail. We fail. <laughs> but ca- can we make up this exam? How do we get a better grade? Uh, so uh, this kind of report is like a conducted like a, like a, like a every two or three years. And... Uh, um, and only as well. I mean, it would take like a more than a year to to conduct the research, but then the result is come out like annually. Uh, so yeah, we can make up for what we have done if we, if we improve. Yeah. So how do we get a a better grade in uh, corruption in Thailand? So because like uh, there are so many types of index for for the corruption perceptions. Uh, you need to make the public uh, ah. believe that corruption uh, declines. But there's another one, is like uh, the GDI. This one focuses on the corruption in government, uh, like uh, the, the, the def- defense center, uh, sector. Uh, I work for Transparency International uh, for this project uh, in 2020. And uh, the report is already... It's true. Uh, for this one, you let uh, you you have like a country assessor who will evaluate uh, corruption in the defense sector. Mm, it's uh, like a corruption in, audit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In like a, and and there are like a different areas that you have to look at. You uh, do a lot of research, like a. Collect some secondary data and go to interview with experts or people mm. who are insiders, yeah, right. to prove that uh, this secondary. I, I mean, to support this secondary data and hope that they're telling you the truth, right? You have to choose the right person. Oh, I see. Okay. And yeah, sometimes you may get like a the answers from uh, someone who said, "Oh, they did great. Oh, it's hundred percent," but. If they cannot give you like uh, the proper arguments, then right. uh, you have to like a uh, like a uh, put it out from right. your report. There's no supporting evidence yeah. for it going well. Okay, and there was this wonderful equation that you showed as well for um, corruption formula of corruption, which is if you're taking notes out there, yeah. C equals M plus D minus A. Yeah. Okay, so C being corruption. Um, and what are the other letters? Uh, M, D, and A. So M is monopoly, and it's like a monopolization of political and economic powers. Uh, D is discretion of state officials. Mm. Yeah, you get now get the the support from people who are inside the government, and yeah, if you have M plus D, it it means you have like a high chance of corruption. And now if because there's a m- complete monopoly of power yes. as well as it all being with the monopoly, all of the discretion is up to 
yeah. the wrongdoers, we can yeah. say, okay. And then we're subtracting A. What are we subtracting? Uh, so and A stands for accountability, uh, which actually means like a public awareness and mm. media uh, scrutiny. Yeah, like mm. a mass scrutiny. So, uh, of course, if people know about it, and maybe we can pressure uh, those who are behind um, like uh, the corrupt activities, um, then the corruption would reduce. Mm. That's why we put uh, that in the equation, M plus D minus accountability. Because if there is the lack of accountability by the public, then there's a higher chance of corruption. I see. So how can the activists or advocates for environmental improvements, right, or environmental rights, how do they put A back into this equation? Uh, first, we have to raise public awareness. But right now, if you look at, uh, like, Thailand, for example, people already know about this, but we still cannot fight back. So, uh, so there are two parts of accountability. There's awareness and action. Um, or what's the second part? Because if, if uh, people are already aware. Ah. It's the media. Yeah, we, need, we also need the support from the media as well. Now the media is uh, paralyzed, like a mm-hmm. one for the government and another for like uh, the activists. But this is still not the, like, uh, the issue that I'm bringing up. First, we have to issue a new law. We have to enact the new law, which is not the Clean Air Act that we have mentioned, but the anti-slap law. SLAP uh, stands for Strategic Lawsuits Against Public Participation. As you can see, uh, there's the public participation terms there. So sometimes bad people would just like sue or threaten people who try to fight against them by using laws. Can you give us an example? Because it's really hard to imagine, right, in a different legal context, how an environmental activist can be sued by the company that they're protesting against. Can you give us a a specific example of this happening in Thailand? For example, like, uh, if you uh, accuse that uh, this company uh, pollute the air, then they would sue you back for defamation. Oh, okay. So it's like a libel, defamation, yeah. slander. Yeah, because you don't have enough evidence. I see. Yeah, you may have the evidence, but it's not enough according to the court. So it's very hard. I see. Oh yeah. wow. So okay. we need the new law to stop this kind of practice first. Yeah, the anti-slap law, and and of course we have to do this uh, uh, all together, like uh, alongside. We need to have like to raise the public awareness, like, because people attention are uh, reduced day by day. Yeah. Or they're overwhelmed, maybe, with, with so much information and yeah. just mass I mean, media. I can, uh, I can explain this directly as well. According to uh, Downs, uh, 1972, uh, he uh, proposed the cycle called issue attention cycle. Mm. So, and, and a national agenda uh, would not stay there forever. Public attention would not stay there uh, uh, forever. 
I know that intimately as a teacher, oh, oh, <laughs> right? See. Our class is only 50 minutes. Uh, Never mind forever. I just want their attention for 50 minutes. Yeah. And that's, that's hard, yeah. right? Because like uh, there's always new issues coming up. For example, PM 2.5 is very a hot issue in 2019. But then, right then, 2020, we had the COVID-19 pandemic. Ah. And right after that, and because people had to wear masks anyway. So they kind of forgot. Uh, Did yeah. they forget about PM 2.5 because they would think they're now wearing masks for COVID? It's like uh, they, l- they just learn to live with it. There are still some like a protest going on. But again, the government uh, used some way or lens to stop them. And, and that's another hard part. But yeah, some part of the public... Uh, they le- just learn to get used with it. Wow. Okay. And I mean, I guess maybe the did COVID have COVID nineteen have an effect on the frequency of protests too? Because people were avoiding gathering yeah, in big groups, true. right? So were there other ways that people were protesting during the height of the pandemic? So actually, the online societies are very active. Mm. Like uh, I know uh, every single movement like on Twitter, like uh, right. Yeah, we can check everything real time, uh, and we learned that there are like uh, people who who's who sent to jail every day on on a daily basis. Yeah. For protesting environmental issues. Not not just the environmental issues, but everything that's against the government and also the like the monarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, that we do have, um, for those of you who are not familiar with the current events in Thailand, we've had ongoing street protests in varying degrees since February 2020. And they're overwhelmingly led by female university students and also members of the LGBTQIA plus community, which is the first time in Thai history that we've seen this, one, this scale of protests, and two, the new type of leaders right it's not the first time in history for student protests but it's the first time in history to have nationwide student protests and some were some of their demands environmental issues did you notice yep and what are they asking for what do they want what do the kids want uh pm 2.5 is is a hot issue there so they want better air quality yeah and they want to um stop the elites to like uh, invade the forest. Ah. Yeah. Um, now, accord- I mean, according to the uh, NCPO order, some special economic zones uh, could be uh, constructed in green zones. I right. Mean, like uh, in the forest. Yeah, these are like national forest preserve, wildlife pr- life preserves, and most of these that are being. Um, permitted, the new yeah. permitted areas are up north, yeah. right? They're saying, well, nobody lives there anyways. But basically, they just kick the local people out. Hmm. Yeah, and there was like a, a very unfortunate case that an environmental activist who is like a, a, an ethnic uh, minority guy, uh, yeah, he got killed. Yeah, right. So it's it, it's a life and death situation in yeah. that it harms your health, or if you are a protester, it's it yeah. can be another version of life and death, as well. So, the one of the 
ongoing issues and this ties in the problem with the environment and the and corruption right is that people in power they don't want to give up power and i'm not just picking on people in thailand this is everywhere all over right so we have um commercial conglomerates that are affecting the environment and doing um slap right strategic lawsuits against public participation and um subtracting the a part out yeah. of of our equation or a formula for corruption and so and i actually have in my notes here humans are the worst frowny face <laughs> <laughs> in my lecture notes from you because it's like it's really our fault yeah. it's really our fault i don't know how else to say that but how, how since i'm an optimist Let's let's not end on a, a sad note, right? Let's talk about okay, what can we do about PM two point five at an individual level, right? Uh, so a lot of people are listening, and think, well, I'm just one person. Okay, I already bike to work. What do you want from me? What what can we do? So or what what can a Thai person do about PM twenty five, whether they're in Bangkok or they're in the rural area? So one good thing is that people die. Oh, okay. I'm, I mean, we're very Buddhist. No, Nothing's no. permanent. Yeah. We all die. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, this is sometimes the problem of generations. Yeah, mm. and uh, for the younger generations, I just want to remind you guys that one day the older generations will be gone. And the important thing yeah. is to not become them. Yes, is that's the important thing. So is you to need not to become teach. Them. You need to teach your children. You may need to teach like uh, your um, neighbors how to make a better world, and that's a little step that you can take from now on. And yeah, like I said, one day the older generations, not all of them, I mean the bad ones, uh, they'll be gone. Well, the good ones and the bad ones are gonna uh, be gone. And like, uh, and if the good ones become the ma- uh, majority, you like uh, you make the table turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and you can you can use this chance to access uh, the ineffective laws, uh, bad policies, and bring back the environment. Yeah. So if some of our listeners want to support some of the organizations that fight for clean air quality in Thailand, what are some of these organizations that they can Google? Um. So, I mean, if you want to learn more about this, Greenpeace is like a, a good starting point. Mm. And you can donate to the Thailand Clean Air Act Network, like I said. Uh, and there are so many like uh, small organizations going on uh, because like uh, most of the activists are from the, the youngest generations. They are basically students mm. and you can help them out because sometimes when when the students uh, like uh, they have to run away from home because their parents uh, did not agree with them uh, and they have to like uh, be on the street in order to be able to protest so uh, there are some uh, channels to donate uh, for these people as well right there's also the um, human rights organization in Thailand that takes donations to help towards legal fees for those who are getting sued with the strategic lawsuits against public participation Um, in it's like would, would be the name of the foundation, but right. I'm not sure. 
So the the it's the human rights yeah, yeah. foundation. Yeah, the human rights the Thai Human Rights Foundation, I think is and, what it's and, called. I mean there's like a specific foundation that uh established for like <laughs> get uh like a fighting with the slaps. Oh uh, really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. And who who are these people? Like the lawyers. Oh wow. That's just why I think the name is called Mulani T Tanai Pumunusia Sona something. Like the right. lawyers. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what they're called in English either. Yeah. You know, while we're talking about that, it's really weird to just speak English to you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Because we we normally would not eat, speak English together, you guys. We're doing this for you. So please enjoy this episode. So, th and this is your doctoral dissertation research. Yes. Right? And any doctoral research program is a long and hard path. What what was like the craziest thing you had to do to get your data? Uh, that won't incriminate you and won't get you arrested if you say it online. I mean, uh, because uh, you're from a university, you are a university student, mm. you can get the official letters from your university to like uh, ask and request for data. Oh, wow. Yeah. So basically, I sent out like uh, these official letters to the persons that I think they could give me like uh, some some good of information mm -hmm. yeah and and it actually works yes oh with, wow but because in thailand without letters no one gonna do anything for you that's true it sometimes isn't with letters yeah <laughs> 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 i don't know about you but i've sent letters and yeah. not everything yeah. okay so so you sent so the university writes you these letters you send them out yeah and then people just give you data No, oh. especially like uh, the government agencies. Mm -hmm. You have to go through a lot of calls. Right. Yeah, and each call would take at least 10 minutes because like uh, there's so many steps. Mm -hmm. Like uh, they have like uh, the initial screening and like the operator and then you have to like uh, wait for the transfer to uh, the specific departments mm -hmm. and that would take weeks as well because uh the letters that you send to the agency right would need to like uh, be transferred for uh from department to, to oh, department wow. as well okay so the letter goes out you call to make sure they get the letter yes and then wherever it needs to go then you wait for the letter yes, as to if it reached the person to reach the person okay and you also mentioned these um monitoring devices that gather data uh, right yes w what are those guys and how do you get them uh, installed so uh there's like uh, the pcd uh the pollution control department mm -hmm. uh of thailand they have their own website mm. And because they have the monitor, because we have uh, so stations. much pollution, yeah, that yeah, we have yeah. a whole department yeah. just monitoring yeah. it. So, so we have the monitoring stations that give them the real time, uh, the uh, data about the air quality, mm -hmm. and they show that up on uh, their website. Right. And not only that, the BMA Bangkok Metropolitan Administration also have their own monitor stations. Yes, and they have billboards all over yes. uh, Bangkok. So the part the part of town that I live, I have to go through this infamous intersection, Siyaklam uh, Sali, and there's a big huge billboard yes. that tells us how bad the pollution is <laughs> it's never if there is pollution it's mm. how bad the the pollution is today so it's a kind of a bleak way to start your morning commute <laughs> you're in the car you're already stuck in traffic and this intersection you guys it's um 
nothing you've ever experienced. It, and Bangkok traffic, you showed the statistics is what what how where are we ranked for how bad the traffic is? Uh, is is I I don't have the statistic for uh the traffic, but Bangkok is like a the top five, one of the top five cities with the highest. PM 2.5 concentration. Right, in the and a lot of it is because and fifty percent, fifty percent of the PM uh, 2.5 pollution in Bangkok comes from uh, yeah traffic. From traffic, right? And so every day, I would leave the house, we'd get to this terrible intersection with the billboard, and you're stuck there for like 30, 40 minutes, one hour. And just staring at the pollution statistics, yeah. but know? that becomes a trend in so many like uh, Asian uh, countries. Mm-hmm. In South Korea, we also have like a that that kind of small billboard showing uh, today's right. air qualities. Uh, uh, yeah, in in South Korea and also in Singapore. Does that actually help awareness? You think? I mean, for those countries, they would say, oh, today has a like, we have the one fine day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the weather is nice today. <laughs> it's, it's all relative. It's all what you're used to, mm. and um, you know what you can handle. And mm. and yeah, Bangkok is is we're actually yeah we're leaders. We're leaders in in terrible traffic, <laughs> and and air pollution. So, um, but at least you're here now, in very rural uh, northern Illinois with yeah. excellent air quality. <laughs> I feel bad for my family. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Only if you could be yeah. here too, in the middle of the cornfields. Yeah, <laughs> I want to bring my son here. Yeah, like because like the kids, uh, in the cough, they're so happy. Mm-hmm. They don't have to wear masks and they love running around. Yeah, under the clear sky. Right, yeah. and I I've been told that our sky here looks like it's out of the, a cartoon. Yeah, because, because there's no high rise. Right. Well, we have one tall building. <laughs> we have one tall building, um, but not enough people to to create at least air pollution. Right. Yeah. We have the agricultural sector, which is has its own kind of issues yeah. and and things to deal with. But we'll we'll end on the the note of clean, beautiful air. Yeah. And it's right now it's autumn. Um, season, so the air is crisp, is extra clean. We don't get a lot of dust because we've had a lot of rain. So <laughs> please enjoy our nice air, and thank you so much once again for visiting us and and for the great talk. Yay! Yay thank you so <laughs> Yay. much. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Southeast Asia Crossroads. We would like to give thanks to Tantracoon for the use of his track, Electric Can, and a thanks to our audio producer, Amelia McCoy. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you tune in next time.